Welcome to Master Your Mansion. You are listening to the series on brick, stucco, siding, rock, all kinds of good stuff on the exterior of your home. That was not how I want to do that. Welcome to Master Your Mansion. You are listening to the segment on exterior cladding. Welcome back to Master Your Mansion, where we help you keep your money in your wallet, as always, in your family out of the hospital and in your home, Heidi Hansen. And once in a while, we just help you make your home look fabulous. Fabulous. You know, you yes. and I were just talking about a subject that has absolutely nothing to do with brick, stucco, and siding, right? Yes, we were. Uh, a sobering subject, actually. Yeah. Uh, sex trafficking. And... You know, I uh, we we should probably spend a few moments uh, just bringing up some awareness there, and it does kind of qualify because if you have, and this is going to be a little bit of a stretch, so just for a warning, but um, you know, if you can do these ten dollar fixes and you're not being slammed with the ten thousand dollar fixes, mm -hmm. you actually have a little bit of money left over for doing good. And one of those ways to do good might actually be, um, you know, sex traffic awareness, that sort of thing. Hey, I like that, Garth. And you know, when we're thinking about getting our home all fixed up and fancy and gorgeous, I mean, that's all amazing too. But Save a little, save a little for those who really need a hand up. Yeah, we uh, we're kind of deciding that for all of our uh, problems that seem so big, it's uh, not anything compared to what the slaves in modern days are dealing with. It's not. It's not all about impressing your neighbors with your wonderful <laughs> home facade. <laughs> that is true. But if you want to, we will help you today. But where we have. Where we all have a an exterior on our home, it needs to be proper. And protected so, so that you can invest in helping a few people that may need some... Let's start with stucco. Decent homes. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing you probably have at least some stucco on your home. I know that I do. You know, I really have always... I have never been crazy about siding. And that's mm -hmm. nothing against siding homes because I've seen some that look fabulous. But I've always been a little bit of a fan of the more rock-like stuff, whether it's rock, brick, or stucco. Uh -huh. And I do. I have a little bit of stucco and a little bit of brick. Okay. And I think a lot of us do. You know, I remember back in the 70s uh, when stucco came to the state that we're in, uh, you know, it seemed kind of cheap and lame, and I figured it was going to be a passing fad. And, you know, for all the passing fads that didn't survive the 70s and think, so, stucco did. Uh, I guess stucco is actually never was a um, a fad because it goes back thousands of years uh, in its technology. I'll tell you the truth. When I moved into my home, it was completely a weird house in the neighborhood. I had envisioned myself being in, and I say I didn't like siding, but truly I liked the I liked the look of the siding homes with the shutters. You know, you had the light colored siding and then the darker colored shutters and the bay windows, and that was the trend when I moved in my home and my home was kind of a weird converted tutor it wasn't a tutor a full English tutor it was a modified something or other tutor and it was it was just weird it just didn't fit the trend of the day but then I ended up painting my stucco which we, we talked about that before and I know you're not a fan of it but uh -huh. painted my stucco painted the trim and now it looks pretty good let's go down that road and the reason why I as the home inspector uh, don't like to see stucco being painted 
is because that exterior needs to be able to breathe. Uh, it's going to be soaked in, let's say, a rainstorm, or maybe you've got sprinkler systems, and those sprinkler systems are going to get your stucco wet, of course. Mm. Uh, maybe you live in an area that does not have sprinklers, and maybe it just rains there. Maybe you're in Oregon. Mm -hmm. But in any case, uh, that paint on the exterior of stucco is going to be uh, a water barrier, and it's going to trap the water inside the stucco where normally it would be able to drain back out. Is that no matter what kind of paint you use? Because I know when I went to buy the paint, I had a choice between a vinyl type of a... It almost, they suggested that it would make like a vinyl coating type of a thing mm -hmm. or some other paint. And I, I think I chose the other one, not the vinylish one. Yeah, and I'm sure there's uh, there's paints and varnishes and, and those sorts of things and sealants that are better or worse. Um, I know that I had one former neighbor who actually had huge stucco problems, and he believed that he had solved them because he sealed his stucco. Mm. My thing is that generally, you know, where stucco is going to be getting wet from whatever source from above, if you seal the, uh, you know, let's say that water is in, and now you're, you've got basically a sandwich where you've got a water barrier at the wall, and then you've got the stucco, and then you've got another water barrier at the exterior. Mm. Now you're sandwiching that water in, and you can, um, you can get water go through your tar paper, and then you've got rot mold, termites, etc. Mm. So I'd have you be very aware of that. I, uh, He's trying to make me cry. But you know what? When I drive up to my house and I look at it, I sure feel a lot better than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it looks a thousand times it better. It does. It does. And there are a number of people who would argue with me, including uh, a former brother-in-law who was a painter, and he basically insisted that uh, stucco needs to be painted every five years as, as soon as it starts looking rugged. Yeah, mine was mine was just not the right... People that built my home, they did a really good job as far as the, I think, creating a constructed, a solid constructed home. But aesthetically, their choices in colors and combinations were questionable. I've been trying to deal with that and change it all around since I moved in. Oh, yeah. And uh, there, there are a few ways to address the color. Let's say that you have a uh, lime green. I actually know some people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who you'd know their name. Well, it's the Osmonds. Are you serious? Yeah. Lime and uh, Bruce Springsteen did a song about, um, you know, little pink houses for you and me. Are you sure that wasn't John Mellencamp? Uh, maybe. I think it was yeah, John yeah, Mellencamp. Was Mellencamp. I got you. Right. I got you, guys. You did get me. <laughs> so it was Mellencamp that did the that song. And so they actually, as a joke, they built their house with pink stucco. Are you serious? Yeah, only an the artist Osmonds? would do that. Yes, they did. <laughs> and so let's say that you you buy the house and it's got a pink exterior. And it was a joke, all for John Mellencamp. Yeah. They liked him that much. They apparently so. <laughs> but maybe it's just because they're artists. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I don't know either. I'm an engineer. There's a long distance between me and what I perceive an artist to be. And the, the irony is that standing here or sitting here in front of a microphone makes me an artist, right? Kind of makes me want to do a drive-by. You got the address? <laughs> I can give you the address. <laughs> so uh, let's say that you buy that home. Uh, rather than paint, I'm going to suggest that you just have a stucco guy come out, and he can do a new finish coat that will be whatever color you tell him to put on. Are you talking about an, an outer layer of stucco rather yes. than paint? Yeah, stucco is going to be a multi-layer system that starts with your framed wall, 
And over that goes uh, either your particle board or plywood, and that just finishes the structure of the house. Over that goes your water barrier, which is usually going to be a tar paper. That's that black paper that you always see before they right. start the stucco process. That's your water barrier. That is the only water barrier in this entire system. So we'll come back to that in a minute. Over that goes basically a grid or a chicken wire, mm-hmm. and that holds on your base coat, which is um, your UV barrier. Mm, okay. And But that's going to crack. So the idea is you let it crack, and once it's theoretically done cracking, then you can put a finish coat over it. So now you've got a finished stucco system. Ah, I see. And so, you know, with that tar paper, if uh, the wall is wet enough for long enough, that tar paper isn't going to be a water barrier forever. It is going to slowly allow water through, and then we're going to be watering the... Uh, the wood Mm. structure Mm. and so that's how you get a failure in there um so how expensive is it to get this top coat done over the stucco is it 10 times as much as painting i'm going to say perhaps a little more but uh it's going to be a a lot more durable um you know paint you're going to have to repaint every few years and if you just go with a new surface coat um you know, depending on the size of the home, it'll be a number of thousands of dollars, but paint isn't cheap either. Right. So a much better option. Now, the um, thing I want to make clear is that stucco is a sponge. And, you know, while it is designed to be thoroughly so- soaked in a rainstorm, it is not designed to be th- routinely soaked by either a sprinkler system. Maybe it's spraying the house every day. Or maybe you don't have the flashing right. We talk about flashing in some of the other episodes. Flashing is just sheet metal. But sometimes water runs down the roof, and it runs in that tiny gap between the edge of the stucco wall and the rain gutter. Mm. And when it does that, it runs down your wall. So you can imagine if you're living in an area that has snow, for example, that that snow is going to be up against that wall draining down that wall for weeks at a time. Right. And that stucco is not designed to be wet for that long, and that's when you start getting your uh, your wall rotten. Mm, okay. So uh, just be aware that stucco is a sponge, and um, it's not, you know, you it, you got to keep it's it. It's a sponge that's meant to dry out right. mostly. Right. Be, be kept dry most of the time. So let's say that you've got your stucco, and... Um, You know, you've got some interfaces that you need to be aware of. Uh, Now, interface is just a fancy name for two things happening at the same time. Two things coming together and meeting. Yeah, maybe you've got an interface between siding and stucco. Maybe you've got an interface between masonry and stucco Mm. or rock and stucco. Maybe you've got an interface between the AC unit, and it has some lines that run into the house, Mm. and stucco, and that can be a gap. Uh, maybe you got electrical system, uh, electrical plugs, hose bibs, dryer vents. All those things are interfaces. And um, in order to keep your money in your wallet, you know, and to do the $10 fix, you've got to make sure that the uh, the water isn't getting in there, that the mice aren't getting in there, that the birds aren't getting in there, et cetera. Yeah, I had a cable guy that came and they ran a bunch of cables and then, then I ended up pulling the cable out. Well, they didn't seal properly right around the cable, and you know what happens then. Yeah. When I went out to take care of it, I found that a little mice had burrowed in there right around the little cable. They, yeah. Whenever there's a little opening, they go for it. They do. I've got a good friend. Uh, her name is Jill. 
She's almost as cool as you are, Heidi. <laughs> and, uh, and she had an interface. And I, we, we talked about this in some of the other episodes, too. But she had this dryer vent without a cap on it. It was about three feet up. And um, it stuck out to the side of her house on the on in her backyard, and it was behind a fence. So nobody really went over that direction except for maybe to to mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had mice that were living directly beneath that vent, and they would jump up into her dryer vent, uh, go into her laundry room, and then make themselves to home inside her house. It's a nice warm place. You know, you got that nice hot air blowing out in the middle of the winter. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, that might be why they were doing that. That probably attracts them. It was a warm place. Yeah, exactly. Um, So you've got to be aware of those sorts of things. The mouse entry, especially in stucco, uh, sometimes I will see where there is a small gap. Um, Sometimes you'll actually have stucco in direct contact with soil. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you've got a couple problems. One is that soil is going to be wet, so it means the stucco is going to be wet, which means you're going to have rot, like we just described. Oh, I see. The other thing is if, uh, you know, you're going to have stucco uh, that's going to have a gap behind it. There's going to be a gap between the backside of the stucco and the front side of the foundation in many cases. Mm. So the mice get into that gap. Wow. They are clever little beasts, aren't they? Beasts would be the right (laughs) word. So you're going to want to take a look at, uh, you know, I just did a house yesterday where the guy was just aghast that that, uh, there was so many mice in the attic. I actually uh, saw in his garage that there was these little water puddle spots. Oh, boy. And being the uh, experienced home inspector that I am, you know, sometimes in in garages, it's just because somebody splashed water from whatever source. But in this case, it was two to three inch diameter puddles that were distinct. And all up on the roof of the garage interior? Yeah, Uh, up on the the ceiling. So I I knew what those were. I told him that was critter urine. Yes. And he was kind of disgusted. I bet he wasn't happy to hear that. No. And so then I got up into his attic, of course, and you could see those one-inch diameter trails around the surface and the burrows down in. And he, you know, wasn't sure whether it was a historical thing or whether it was active. And you never really know. But what I told him is if you've got the conditions that allow for mice to get in there, then um, they'll be there. And in this case, it would be stucco interfaces. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm assuming that you uh, you don't need critters inside your living space. No, no, thank you. Okay. So then you're going to want to just <laughs> take a long, hard look at all those interfaces for your stucco. Um, you've got also, the, if we should cover this, cracks versus structural cracks in your stucco. Cracks are, stucco cracks are going to happen. And... Usually a contractor will, usually, uh, I want to say, let me change the word usually Once into in a while. occasionally. <laughs> Sometimes. A contractor a will allow contractor your will base allow. coat, yes, to cure. And that's we're not talking a few days here. We're talking maybe a couple of weeks or longer, depending on, on uh, where the home is at. Mm. But that base coat needs a long time to cure, and a lot of cases people get impatient because the base coat is an ugly color and they don't want their house to be an ugly color but you've got to give that base coat time to to cure um and then then you put the finish coat on when that doesn't happen you will have any number of cracks Hmm. and i should probably turn off my phone any number of cracks you can start over here parker um 
when that happens, usually unless those cracks are wide enough that they can expose your tar paper to the sun, usually those are less of a problem and more of an aesthetic issue. Are we talking on the outer surface after uh, it's all done? Yeah, on the exterior after it's all okay, done. Okay, okay. Um, now, if you've got a structural crack, those are going to be a little bit wider. and um, Yeah, because I had a few hairline cracks in mine when we repainted it. The painting kind of covered that nicely. But yeah, yeah. It's kind of a choose-your-poison thing. You either uh, get the problems that are associated with the paint or you get the problems associated with the crack. Right. In many cases, you don't have a real good option. Um, but, you know, my advice would to somebody in that sort of situation would be to just get, uh, you know, a new, like I say, a new finished coat on it. Of course, that's not cheap either, and you can't just do a small area. You can't do a three- or four-foot diameter area because you've got to do the entire face. Otherwise, it's going to look bad. Right. You want to match it all up nicely. Okay. In the next segment, we're going to cover the, uh, the issues associated with siding. And uh, then we go to rock and brick and uh, basically just help you become master of your mansion. Master your mansion, baby. That's right. Um, and then how do I finish this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and finally, and as always, be yourself because everybody else, they're taken. Yes. All right. Pause this. Yeah, could be. Uh-huh. Oh. The poison. Interesting. Okay. Um, welcome back to Master Your Mansion, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. Hey, good day to you guys. She's the masteress of all things My home. Masteress of the home, yes. yes so yes. Um, this time around, Heidi. Let's say that I know that you've got a home that has some stucco on it. We talked about that in the last segment. What about siding? You got any siding on I that I don't house? have any siding. Okay. My mom has siding, though, so I grew up with some siding. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a 1958-built red brick home that was the same as one million other red brick homes. And it's a solid red brick home. I've seen that home. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it didn't have any siding on it either, but... Being that we're talking about siding this time, I've got some mouse stories. It seems like everything always goes back to mice. I, I grew up in that uh, brick home, and uh, the, the, the mice would actually climb up the exterior. What I find, though, is that if you really want to have mice in your home, there's a thousand good ways to do it with a siding house. So siding is more siding welcoming exterior. to the mice. That's right. Yeah, if you, if you want to play host or hostess, to uh, to a thousand mice, there's a lot of good ways to do it with siding on on the exterior. Mm. We're going to talk about those. We'll warn you. Warn we, you. We or will <laughs> tell you what to look for. So siding actually does have some advantages. You know, it's hard to really say. Uh, in not only when we're talking about exteriors, it's hard to talk. Of, you know, talk about any subject, and really say this one thing is better in all cases. Uh, siding has some huge advantages over the more expensive exteriors in that it is, if it's in good shape, it's pretty much waterproof. Really? Yeah. Even more so than brick or stucco? Even more so because brick and rock and stucco uh, are all sponges hmm. where you can, uh, you can hit siding with, 
let's use an extreme example and say that you've got a full round circle sprayer located one foot away from the house. Mm-hmm. And so every time you've got your sprinkler system turned on, um, it's going to be soaking that, that house. Now, if you got a stucco or a uh, brick home, you know, that's that stuff is a sponge and it's going to get soaked and it's going to transfer that moisture into the wall and you're going to get rot mold termites. Mm. If your siding is in good shape, uh, it is going to be a thousand times more waterproof. Hmm. Okay. Now, are we talking vinyl siding and wood siding or just the new, more um, modern vinyl siding? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking vinyl siding. You could also go with... Um, Maybe a, 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 a aluminum siding or a metal siding. Okay, because there's that old wood siding that sometimes is half painted. And yeah, yeah. That's you're not a, talking about that. That's a clapboard, and that's a totally different material. Okay. So, yes, okay. thank you for helping me. We might in in the area where you and I are, the, the wood siding is very unusual. It's mostly on the older, older homes, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it before. And, you know, there are parts of, uh, for example, I know I've uh, been in parts of Oregon, uh-huh. where the wood siding was uh, far more common, and they actually had to replace that on a regular basis. Well, and it's that's Oregon's a wet. We're in a little bit drier location yeah. than that, so I'm sure that's a problem. Um, so, yeah, it depends, of course, on what uh, part of the country you're in. But if you're talking about a, um, I'm going to say a waterproof material, which wood, of course, is not, and which concrete or cement is not, and brick is not, those, those sorts of things. If you've got a waterproof material, it is better. Now, I should uh, even adjust that statement because let's say that um, we, you've got a, let's go with a vinyl siding, for example, in this in this example. Right. Um, let's say that uh, suddenly a windstorm comes up or little Johnny decides to uh, figure out what he can do with his hammer or yeah. <laughs> whatever it may be, now all of a sudden you've got big problems. You've you got you a no-good, very bad day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you got that sort of thing. Now the home goes from being waterproof and sunproof and, to some extent, critterproof to very much not so. Um, it's Siding is going to be a lot easier to damage to the point that now the house, house is completely exposed. Yeah. Um, so I'm not here to tell you that siding is the best option because overall it's not, but it is good if it's in good shape, it is good for, um, being waterproof. More of a water barrier then. Yeah. Now in the mice category, uh, and this is unique to siding as well. Let's say that you, and there's an article that I wrote about that, but let's say that, um, you ever had a, a mouse in your house? I'm, I'm asking you to confess, but, uh. Yeah, he's, he's humiliating me is what he's doing. Me? Yeah. A mouse? <laughs> in my house? Heidi never. Well, yes, I have. In fact, I've even had a mouse with a few little babies once in my house. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little mouse. I bought this brand new big furry shag rug and put it by the you know downstairs tv and it was so romantic and i'm not kidding you within a month we hear this weird little squeaking and a mouse had laid her babies on the corner of the rug it was the softest place she could find i'm sure oh wow we had to kill little mice that were you know that were a half inch long three-eighths of an inch long yeah mckay actually (laughs) did that she she had uh mice fall out of this uh she has insulation on the exterior of her basement or yeah. the interior yeah. walls, 
contractors will often do that, and the mice got in there, and they had some little baby mice that were blind uh, that fell out of there. And, and McKay is, is the other co-host that comes with Garth sometimes, yes. sometimes, and she wanted to save those little babies, didn't she? She did. She actually put them back in the insulated wall. I couldn't do that. I, only, mean, I hated killing them, but... Only to kill them all later, but yeah. not visibly when it's done. <laughs> So, oh, it's not fun to deal with that. So if you've got a sighting home, um, you know, there there are the outer corners of your walls, you know, where the north wall meets the east wall, which meets the south wall, meets the west wall. And on those, they put on uh, basically corner molding, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's white, uh, but I guess the color doesn't matter so much, but... Those things in certain circles, you know, the pest control world, those uh, those corner beads are called mouse elevators. Right. <laughs> I think we actually we actually did another podcast talking about the mouse elevators. But right. I mean, let's repeat it. Let's do repeat yeah. it. But yeah, so uh, we were probably talking uh, about uh, mice at the time. In this this case, yeah, it's it's sighting. So basically, if a mouse gets into that um, that molding, that corner section. Uh, it's got a straight path all the way up to the attic, and it's also got a very easy path to any part of the wall on the exterior of the house. So is there some sort of a bottom or top cap that can keep them out of that little elevator? You know, I have not seen any sort of a cap. I will recommend to my clients when I run into that stuck or the siding house to have them uh, shove some uh, steel wool. Hey, now, now steel wool does work really well. Yeah. Does it matter if it's the fine or the coarse grade? No, I don't. I don't believe it does. And then uh, I will actually have them also to make sure that stays there and doesn't uh, fall out over time and vibration, et cetera, just to get some expanding foam insulation in there and just seal those things up. You know, I think someone recommended to me once there's some sort of a brass steel wool, uh-huh. and you can get it at the or there's some that you can get from the marine stores, uh-huh. and that might even be the best in that situation where there's some water contact. So if you've got a sighting house, whether or not you know that you have uh, mice in your home, and we all do, you just noticed a mouse in my home about a month ago. <laughs> and I we eliminated him. were sitting here recording, him. and I kept my composure as we were talking, and I saw the mice run by. Yeah. I was like, whoa, a mouse. That darn thing. Uh, he, <laughs> I saw him climb up this grid behind you. It's a, it's a three-inch square grid. Really? And I watched him climb up about uh, three to four feet, and then he went into the wall. Are you kidding? And you didn't, was this after I left, or was this while Uh, I was sitting here? No, that was a totally different day. And you didn't make a peep? I just sat there and watched him, and I thought, you are dead. (laughs) Wow. And actually, I I got him. um, You know, cheese doesn't work so well, and I found out that peanut butter is better but you know what really gets them is bacon grease. I think you told me that. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to yeah, try so it. Yeah, so I uh, I got rid of the cheese and peanut butter. I threw some bacon grease in there, and that baby was... Someone told me melted chocolate, too, and I yeah. tried that, and I didn't have success. Yeah. They said, oh, just melt it on there, and then when they have Everybody to... Everybody loves bacon, including the bacon mice. Bacon grease. Oh, yes. I, I love the smell of bacon. So you got mice inside your house. You know, one way, of course, is to trap them and kill them and dispose of them. Uh, but you're in far better shape to eliminate the reason why they're there, and that's food and shelter. 
And the, uh, the shelter aspect is how are they getting in? So if you can eliminate that pathway in, or the pathways as the case may be, then um, you're in far better shape and you don't have to tell so many stories about what the mice did inside your house. Yeah, is there a mice climbing up behind me right now, by the way? If I told you yes, <laughs> would you? This recording might be over. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you've got the holes. Uh, again, the, the interfaces between siding and maybe your AC unit uh, where you've got a one-inch diameter line and a quarter-inch diameter line that are going through a perhaps a two-inch diameter hole in your house, and that needs to be sealed. And that's the case whether you've got a siding home or stucco or whatever, but with siding, it's a lot more difficult to get that seal done well. Yeah, so makes sense. as the homeowner, yeah, you need to take a look at that. And then the um, again, if you've got siding that goes all the way or almost all the way to the soil line, that is an easy pathway for a mouse without even standing on its hind legs to climb in behind the siding, so that he has access to your house. Well, I've heard they can jump, so they can. But you want to make it at least a little bit of a workout for them. To right, get in. right. It probably discourages them if they have to work really hard. So yeah, I'm going to recommend an eight-inch minimum strip at the bottom, and that is not code. That is just me speaking. But when you say that the mouse was climbing on this grill behind me, I'm looking at this grill right now. Uh -huh. And if they can climb that, they can certainly get up under siding if it's a foot off the ground. Yeah. Yes, they can. Um, it's a different sort of a climb for them because then they're they're latching on to the foundation plaster they're trying to, edges. They're trying to climb a straight wall, kind of. It's like yeah. rock climbing feet. So it's a little more difficult for them, but you know, you might as well make it as difficult as possible. Yeah, good idea. And then, of course, if you do have that gap between the back of the siding and the front of your of your foundation, you can go through that and seal that. And that can be, if you use expanding foam, they'll gnaw through that, but at least you can go back and see where they're gnawing through and then take further steps. So what about silicone? Does that keep them out? If you just get a tube of silicone and go around and try to fill all these gaps? It's it's all Caulking. worth, worth uh, trying once to see what uh, the mice will and won't accept. They don't really chew through silicone, do they? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they would much rather chew through something else than silicone. But we know they can't chew through the still wool, and that might, uh, might be the yeah, easiest thing they, to do. They kind of won't. I understand they, they just don't like it. It's kind of like kryptonite they can't, and Superman. Maybe. Get yeah. the brass. Get the brass if, just, if you want to make sure. But I've had success with the other kind, too. So we talked about the AC entry, we've talked about uh, electrical entry, all those interfaces that apply uh, to every other exterior surface is going to apply on siding as well. You're going to want to take a look at your electrical um, plugs and make sure that you're, you're not getting water or critters in through there. And, we're, and it's not just mice, you can have wasps, you can have birds. I actually did an inspection a couple days ago where somebody said they had to do major surgery on their house because they had uh, a dryer line that the birds were getting into, mm. and the dryer line was all buried behind sheetrock, and the birds weren't coming out, so they basically had to you know, rip the sheetrock out yeah. and do all that surgery because uh, apparently we had birds in there, and I didn't ask if it was... Um, you know, bird carcasses or whatever, but you know, you got that four inch diameter dryer line, and right. if it's uh, 
If it's blocked by a three-inch diameter bloated bird carcass, um, you could have carbon monoxide problems. Yeah, you could. It's hard enough to keep the lint out, let alone a bird nest. Yeah, and if you got the carbon monoxide problem, you know, we're talking about that $10 and $10,000 rule again, where, you know, $10 fix is to get a uh, grill over the exterior, and the $10,000 fix is probably more like, I don't know, what does it cost to bury somebody? Woohoo. Yeah, put a price tag on that, Heidi. Yeah, woohoo. Yeah, um, that's whatever the price tag is on that, it's a whole lot more than $10,000. So these are the kinds of things I want you to look at if you are listening to this uh, to this segment and you have a siding house. I want you to look for those sorts of things just to make sure that you're not going to be getting uh, that cost of an education. Uh, the dryer vents, the hose bibs, your interface. And um, again, if you've got siding uh, and you do get a heavy windstorm, go take a look out there because it gets ugly. If, uh, you mean it can rip the siding off yeah. from the wind? Yes. Yeah, and a lot so. of times it will do so in a place that homeowners don't notice, maybe the side of the backyard where nobody goes except for the dog, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, you know, another experience I just barely had this week, um, they had bats. Uh. And it was an $85,000 remediation to get those bats oh, out Oh, no, of are you kidding me? Yeah, it was a uh, cabin sort of a construction, and I guess they left some gaps, and oh, the no. bats made themselves to home inside this attic space. You are kidding me. Um, so, you know, these are the kinds of things that I would like you as the homeowner to be aware of. You know, again, $85,000 is a lot more than $10,000 if we're, if we're referring to the $10 and $10,000 fix, but it still applies. It would have cost maybe 20 bucks in the original construction to seal that space up that the bats were getting into. Wow. But where they didn't do it, now they get hit with the cost of an education. Yikes. So, um, have you just be aware of that. More information on the website at masteryourmansion.com. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> and uh, finally, and as always, be yourself because if you're the guy that wants to have critters in your home, there's only one of you. You're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If you're the guy, if, if you're the guy that that wants to keep your only your family in your house. <laughs> Then be yourself. <laughs> this might be that one exception, you know. If, if, yeah. If you if you're the guy that wants critters in your home, don't be yourself. Be somebody else. But Although sometimes we want, we know what we want, but we just don't make time for it. For example, right now I know there's a couple places at my home that need to be sealed up, and I'm not so much concerned with mice as I am with wasps. Mm -hmm. And every time you mention the wasp bird, I think I got to make time for that. Yeah. But my list is so long, I haven't quite bumped it to the top yet. Oh, yeah, and I have home inspector stories about wasp nests that are like four feet in diameter inside people's walls. Well, my walls aren't that thick, but... Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah where the lens is four feet are in diameter. Are you serious? Yeah, so that, that can happen perimeter. as well. Yes, uh, they can get huge. So... So I might want to do something right away. Yeah, it's the uh, the fix is uh, cheap, you know, ten bucks, uh, maybe the cost of a uh, couple of 
it's tubes the caulking. I'm just it's it's the skill with the caulking. Yeah. It's, it's so intimidating to me. But you might want to also uh, make sure that somebody else does it who is prepared for that because if you got a thousand uh, wasps that are suddenly unhappy with you because you are sealing their front door and you're not trained nor protected. That is its own $10,000 expense. Well, hopefully. Hopefully they're not in there, but you never know. Yeah. Do they like it when it's hot? Because it's been kind of hot. Uh, they are more aggressive in, in, in the hot months and in the hot part of the day. Really? Yeah. You want to do those sorts of things uh, later at night when it's cool. But then the caulking off. likes to cure in warmer temperatures. It will still cure, uh, you know, in 40, 50, 60 degree temperatures. Thank you for the All thank right. you for the personal tips, Garth. All right, Heidi. <laughs> I'll pay you with my podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, and as always, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. <laughs> Welcome back to the. Oh wow, that's so hard for me to not do. Welcome back to Master Your Mansion, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. I'm here. I'm here to help you master your mansion. You are master of your mansion. I'm you working are, you, on it. Yeah, you, know, you are the uh, the first masteress. I am the first masteress working on mastering my mansion. Yes. There's still some mastering to do. Even if your mansion is just a tent in the desert, it is still your mansion, and you are still the master. You know that's so true. I was babysitting this last week for uh, one of my children who has a really amazing home. And I loved it. And I got, you know, I got back to my little humble abode and, and I just thought, oh, you know, this is home. I just, I know exactly where everything is. I have this, this, this. I mean, it, his place is incredible. It's impressive, uh-huh. but it was good to be home. Yes. Yeah, so let's assume for a moment that now you have a rock exterior on your home. All right. And um, I d- let's see, you said yours was uh, stucco, stucco and brick. Stucco and brick. And mine is rock and stucco. I love the rock, too. It's gorgeous. And, uh, you know, so many of us do. uh, Rock has its own strengths. Of course, it looks great. Uh, But there are some weaknesses associated with it. I actually um, did one home where you could push. They had kind of a lattice. And inside the lattice, lattice is basically a grid. And Mm -hmm. inside that lattice, you could actually push that rock and it would wobble. What was the lattice made out of? Uh, it was a six by six, rough cut, wood. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was. Ah. I think it was intended to look Swiss. Right, but then the rock was not secured. Yeah, the grout wasn't holding it or something. Right? Yeah, the uh, it it so was it, had a it was looking like any small windstorm. So it was would like blow a floating over. floating facade on the front of the home. So <laughs> if you've got rock, there are some things you're going to want to be aware of. And first, and of course, the most obvious is that uh, you want to make sure that rock is solid because last thing you want is for your kids to be you know beneath, whether they're trying to climb on the rock or play near the rock or whatever, and have that mm. uh, fifty pound chunk of rock fall over on your child's head yeah good point so that's one thing to look for if you're that homeowner that has rock and of course you don't have to do this very often it's not like um you know as as the home inspector a person might start to feel overwhelmed and think you know i'm learning a ton here but there's just too much for me to do 
you could uh, you could spend three minutes maybe per year just walking around your home looking at the rock and perhaps the stucco, those sorts of things, and then know if you have anything to do or know that you're good for another year. Right. So I don't want to overwhelm you, but you do want to take a look at the looseness of the rock. Of course, you could hire somebody if you've got the funds. Um, but you want to look also for pest entry. Mm. This is one of my favorite stories is I, um, back in the day, um, when we only had, you know, when computers were a brand new thing. Yeah. And DOS was the rule of the day. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, where you had to copy star dot star <laughs> to the C drive. <clears throat> Um, I never got that far. <laughs> I would take my computer in for regular repairs, you know, once every couple of months to this guy who was the computer guru at the time. And being the computer geek that he was, he was a little off. Weird. Off? Really? Yeah. And so um, <laughs> I, I, I was bringing my computer to his uh, front door, stood there on his doorstep, and while I was waiting for him to answer, I was kind of swarmed by a few different wasps. Ooh. Then I noticed that the wasps were going into this little quarter-inch diameter hole that was between uh, the wood frame of his door and his rock Ooh. exterior. Yeah. So I was kind of waving them away, and he comes to the door, and I says, uh, you got these wasps here? He says, yeah, we uh, we like to keep them there. <laughs> We're naturalists. <laughs> and I thought, okay, you're you're not only a weird techno nerd, but you're just weird. <laughs> You've got a wasp problem for sure. <laughs> and I'm the home inspector here to tell you about it. And just think of all the uh, thousands of people who are going to send me hate mail now because I called them all weird. But no, I'm thinking you should come to my house and see if I have wasps. Yeah. That way, I need to know if I can if I can panic or if I can just not worry. So I had to mention to him that he can have that uh, three to four foot diameter lens of wasp nest inside his wall and what those costs can be. And of course. Um, you know, if you seal those or if the wasps, for whatever reason, decide they want to go into your house through that sheetrock wall, that's all there is that is a barrier between w wasps and so house. So what you're saying is if you seal it with wasps in there, they actually will tend to infiltrate the home rather than try to get back out. Well, that's I'm, easier? Yeah. I mean, if uh, if the front door is closed, the, the back rock? door might be open. Can, can they literally chew through the sheetrock? I mean, you can't just... Can you just, like, spray some wasp killer in there and seal it up real quick and... Yeah, I think that would be, the answer is yes, but let's not have the homeowner do it. Let's just uh, leave that up to the uh, to the uh, professionals. Yeah. So, yeah, imagine having, you know, 5,000 wasps inside your walls and let's say, I don't know, maybe an earthquake happens, something that pisses them off and uh, for whatever reason, maybe the house, I don't know, has a crack in the wall, but now you've got 5,000 upset wasps inside your house and your children are in there along with your six-month-old baby you know it's just not a good scenario he just basically created a horror screenplay movie <laughs> script didn't he can you imagine i mean we're not just worried about an earthquake now we're worried about the wasps coming out and yeah. attacking us during the earthquake yeah, first it was the birds and now it's the wasps <laughs> 
Uh, uh, I guess that's reality, though. Yeah, it can't happen. I mean, you yeah. were talking about, in a different scenario, when we were talking about fireplaces, about how you brought wasps in uh, with your firewood. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, but where we're talking rock this time, I should probably, uh, I sh- should probably wander back to the subject that we're talking about. If you've got those things inside your wall, you've got a problem, and you just can't leave it that way. Um. So we got the pest entry, uh, especially around rock, because it is such an angular, non-symmetrical sort of a material that you can, you're a lot more, have a lot more potential risk for having uh, gaps and holes yeah. and entryways, especially if your mortar starts to uh, crumble out. Off. Yes. Right. So if you've got that rock exterior, you want to take a look at that now. In the rock category, I'm going to also lump in um, what's called cultures, cultured stone. And that's basically kind of a fake, fake frontal, frontal of stone, right? Yes. And I actually bought a house. Um, it was about 15 years ago. I bought it for way cheap because everybody was afraid of that. Um, I got it for almost $50 a square foot. Wow. Yeah. And... It was because that house was frightening. Um, really? They had done a cultured stone, uh, one foot square, kind of a blackish gray stone. And rather than do the uh, the stone adhesion right, they just glopped on a chunk of it onto the backside of the, of the stone and then just pushed it up against the house. Oh. Um, about 70% of those had remained on by the time I got to the house. The house was three year old, three years old at the time. And the stone was kind of falling off? Yeah, and it was stone? falling off checkerboard style all the way around the exterior of the house. Oh. Imagine this blackish gray cultured stone, and above and around that was kind of a purplish gray stucco. Mm. I mean, if if a Halloween house comes to mind, <laughs> that's the reason why this house was $50 a square foot. Wait, is that the one that had the purple tub? That is the one with the purple tub. Are These guys liked serious? purple. They did like this purple. Is not a, this is not a joke. This is for real. Yeah. It, it was a... And then they did purple grout inside that master bathroom, too. Wow. It was a problem. Took me some money to get that thing up to speed, but I made a lot of money when I sold that thing. Um, anyway, so we've got, you know, if you've got that sort of thing, you've got rock that's coming off. Uh, every one of those becomes a pathway for, uh, critters to get in. And, you know, Mm. we've got mice, we've got spiders, um, we've got water can get in and then you've got, um, you've got rot mold termites, et cetera. So the thing I would have you be aware of with rock and with pretty much any exterior material, but especially with rock is that, um, you need to make sure that you don't have those gaps and holes where bad things happen. And so those gaps, uh, the interfaces can be, uh, you know, maybe you got, and we've mentioned this in some of the other uh, segments, but you've got the AC entry point, you've got electrical plugs, you've got hose bibs and dryer vents, you've got your foundation interface, you've even got interfaces between maybe rock and siding or rock and stucco whatever it is, you need to take a look at all those and make sure that you are not playing hostess to those kinds of problems. So is there a way to tell just by looking at it? I'm still wrestling within myself about if I really need to call a professional or if I can just go get some caulking and seal up a few areas. Um, 
caulking and seal up a few areas might be doable if you trust yourself with a caulk gun. Uh, I know some people who should never be allowed to touch a caulk <laughs> gun. <laughs> One is my former husband. <laughs> that was our that was our big joke was that whenever he decided to caulk anything, I was just like, no, no, please, please call a professional. <laughs> it would look so globby and bad. Yeah. He was not a good caulker. The thing is, too, if you're using especially any sort of a colored caulk and you're doing it against a grout, if you don't get it right the first time and you're smearing that caulk over the grout, it just is going to look horrible. And you can try to match colors, but it is not going to match. So if you got that sort of a scenario, then yes, please call the professional. But if you trust yourself, you feel like you know what you're doing, you've done it before, you know, you, uh, you worked your way through college as a painter's assistant, then by all means, go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm a real careful person, and uh, conking is one thing that has challenged me. Yeah. Because I want it to be done right, but it, there's a knack to it. There's definitely a trick to it. You know, in many cases, a lot of people think that they have some construction skills, and it's the uh, the stuff that is considered to be the easiest that is not the easiest at all. Caulking is one of them. Framing doors is the other. That mm. You'd think that would be easy, put the door in the hole and throw the nails in. It yeah, you is. Gotta, you got to shimmy it. You got to. Or those little pieces of wood slivers that they sho- shove in there to yeah. get it just right. Yeah, the shims. It. The shims. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that. That is definitely its own art, and that takes a pro. Uh, some of the other stuff, even, you know, I want to say even the electrical, but if I were to do that, I'd have a thousand electricians coming at me like like angry wasps. <laughs> but th- there are some things that you could do that are easier and, uh, and you know, would be less likely to get you in- into trouble. But, uh, yeah, caulking, make sure you know what you're doing first. But, yeah, the bottom line, your point is, can the homeowner do it? Uh, and I'm going to say yes, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. if if you have that skill set. Right. Okay. So let's uh, finish this round up with, the, uh, with uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, one is if you need more information on this subject or any other to Master Your Mansion, then apparently uh, you go to MasterYourMansion.com. Is that right, Heidi? I think so. You got that all tied up, right? Okay. I mean, you're not giving away your website secrets, I hope. No, it is mine. And we have a uh, we have a Federal Trade Commission application for Master Your Mansion right nice. now. Nice. Wow. So Federal Trade Commission? Yeah, FTC. I I really? have learned how to do that as well. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah, speaking of DIY stuff that I probably should have hired a lawyer for, but uh, me being who I am, I like to think I can do everything. Well, I hired a lawyer for all of that, and I spent a fortune hiring the lawyer, so I would say if you can do it yourself, do it. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out after somebody successfully steals my (laughs) trademark. (laughs) All right, and finally, and as always. Yes, be yourself. Because because only Heidi you want to, to keep your trademark. That's right. <laughs> the trademarks record. Yeah, trademarks. How do I say this? Trademarks acknowledge that there is only one of you. Do that yourself as well. That's right. That's right. You're you, and no one can steal your name. You're rocking it. Okay, that was awkward. <laughs> Be yourself, everybody else is taken. Throw that in, uh, Parker, if it, if the other doesn't work. 
Okay. Um, welcome back to the home, not to the home medic. Welcome back to Master Your Mansion, where we help you keep your money in your wallet and your family not in the hospital. That's right. Heidi Hansen. I don't know. You know, there might be somebody who actually has their, their home actually in the hospital. Um, <laughs> but for the rest of us yeah, who are going to be ourselves, sad. you know, you don't want to spend any more time in the hospital than you have to. Uh, no, no, it should be a temporary thing. Yes. Yeah, only surgeons want to spend more time in the hospital. So, <laughs> unless you're a surgeon. All right, so this time around we're going to talk about uh, brick issues in the home. Let's say that you have a you know brick on your exterior, and I don't, Heidi. I've got uh, I've got rock and stucco, but you said you've got uh, brick on I your do house. Have some brick. Mm-hmm. So with that sort of a uh, of an exterior, there are some strengths and weaknesses. There's some things you're going to want to know so that uh, you can you know be spending your money on on uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to or mold maybe, repairs. maybe lettuce wraps. That's sounding kind of good right now. Yeah? Yeah. Lettuce wrap. She eats a lot healthier than I do. <laughs> so as the home inspector, when I see a, a brick exterior, there's a totally different checklist that I need to look at. So I'm thinking right now there is there is a structural crack between my brick and the trim on my garage door. Okay. Between the brick and the trim on your garage door. Now, in yeah. many cases, that may or may not actually be a structural crack. It is a crack, but a structural crack is happening because your structure is settling. Mm. Uh, in many cases, if you've got a crack between uh, the brick part of your home and the frame around the garage door, it's because you've got dissimilar materials. So that's an interface crack, not a structural crack. Right. Yeah. Ah. And so you're going to have your wood that uh, expands and contracts differently than the masonry. Mm. And so as they move, they're, they're, you're going to develop that crack. And usually, what is it, about a quarter inch or perhaps a yeah. little less? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably not a structural crack. Um, you know, you can thank your lucky stars on that. Better just to have the uh, the interface go bad. Now... Okay. That can be a way for critters to get in. That's what I'm worried about. That's why I'm worried about the mice. Mice, I mean, not wasps, the mice, the wasps. I'm worried about the wasps. Yeah, you, you'd rather have mice than wasps? <laughs> How about spiders? You know, honestly, I, as much as I hate mice, I think I would rather have mice than wasps. Because I, like, I feel like wasps are harder to control. Because mm, there's more of them. They're flying around in the air. They're coming and at you. A mice, a mouse, you can mice set a trap. Uh, you can put some decon out. It's true. Mice don't, don't how sting. To, how do you decoy? Is there such a thing as, as, as bait for wasps? You've got bait for mice. That's why I feel more comfortable with mice, because I feel like I can bait them. Yeah. Wasps, on the other hand, I feel like... You do actually have... Uh, you can put bait inside a uh, wasp trap, and that bait can be pretty much anything, you know, Really? Speaking of KFC, really, uh, you, you can put uh, chicken parts in there, and they get in there, and they love that stuff, and then it's Hotel California. They don't come back out. I didn't know there was a wasp trap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get those at uh, at places like Home Depot and Lowe's, et cetera. You're not supposed to mention store names, though. You can get those at most <laughs> hardware stores. <laughs> most hardware stores. True that. You know the names. Yeah, someday we'll have a sponsor, and hopefully at that point we'll have to edit that back out. No, Parker's going to do that. Okay. 
Um, so if you've got structural cracks in brick, you know, structures, um, as the engineer that I am, uh, I took that mechanics of, materi- of materials class where we talked about different structural failures. Mm. And um, most items will show structural stress and structural failure cracks on a 45-degree angle. Uh, but wood fails in the middle of the beam, and masonry doesn't fail directly on a 45-degree angle because you're going between uh, mortar and masonry. Instead, when brick fails, it will fail through the mortar, so you'll have a, it looks like a step crack. It will settle down through the mortar. So I'm a little confused, but do you mean there's just not a tight seal between the mortar and the brick? Um, the, the mortar is less strong than the masonry. Okay. So when there is structural stress, the mortar will fail. And what do you notice? I mean, other than, I mean, if it's real obvious where the mortar is crumbling out, but, but we're not talking about a situation where it's so obvious. I'm talking about the more subtle appearance of it when it first appears. How, how is it going to look exactly? So you're actually going to see a, uh, a crack that goes stair step in a stair step pattern up the masonry, but always in the mortar. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, okay, yes. Now that does make sense. So let's say that we have a house on the hillside, and the back side of the house is on the east, and the front side of the house is on the west. And let's say that the front side of the house is settling. All right. And so the front of the house, um, since the home was built, maybe let's say the front side of the house is a quarter inch further down the hill than it was when the home was built. Mm, or two inches. So, yeah, let's say two inches. If that's the case, you've got a home that you've got to knock down and rebuild. you got some problems. Um, but, you know, let's go with something that's a little bit less brutal, and we'll say quarter inch. So what you're going to see is on the, um, you know, if, if, the, if the west face has settled down, you're going to see that step crack on the northwest and southwest corners of the exterior. Which, honestly, it is so easy for dirt to settle or move, especially on a hill. Right. That a quarter inch is nothing. I mean, that, that is probably pretty common, truly. Yeah, it can certainly happen, and uh, I have any number of stories about the settlement cracks that uh, that happened when somebody didn't compact or built a house on, on a hillside. There was one that was super ugly where they built on a hillside, and they really strongly believed that you should not compact the soil beneath your foundation slab. Now, the slab is just your concrete. It's a fancy name for the, your concrete floor. I knew that. Um, and he he was adamant that you don't compact that. Why? Uh, somebody who he thought was right had told him so. so it's kind of like those fluke. groups where they tell each other the same lie and they tell it all to each other enough that they all consider it truth when it never was. So that was a wives' tale, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So or a, or a uh, what had happened tale. is uh, I went, I showed up to that home. It was about 15 months old, and uh, the basement slab had cracked all over the place, and we actually got a, a chunk of concrete up that I'm going to say was oh maybe about an uh, eight or a nine inch um, triangle. 
wow. of concrete lifted, and there was a 13-inch difference from what from the top of the soil to the bottom of the concrete. Oh my word! It had settled that much, and oh. so as a result, you know, it had stressed the concrete, and then you get all those concrete cracks. So that's a disaster, pretty much. It pretty much was because that house was finished, and it was gorgeous, and it was new, and they they had to tear out uh, the entire slab in the basement, and bring in a concrete truck and repour. Wow! After they had. You know, torn it out. And Who was their builder, by the way? <laughs> Just in case I ever. Somebody who think was far them. more sure of his what he was <laughs> supposed to be doing than he should have been. Um, <clears throat> so again, if you've got settlement going on, you can see that by stair step cracks in a brick structure. Now, by contrast, we've been talking about stucco and siding and rock, and a stucco home. If you're getting settlement, you're going to see more of a 45 degree angle crack. Hmm. Uh, in stucco, if you've got you know these hairline cracks that kind of wander up vertically, much less likely to be a, a significant structural crack. But if it's wider and going forty-five degree angle, you know that could be a structural settlement crack. Uh, and siding, you're just not going to see it. Uh, the siding will hide it, but the brick is going to be that forty-five degree, or not the forty-five degree. It's going to be the stair step crack. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, Another thing I would have you be aware of with uh, brick and masonry is that mice can climb them. Ah. Uh, my my childhood story that I have mentioned before. I was living in the uh, basement bedroom. It was the southeast corner of the basement, and I could hear these mice scratching. I was sure they were in my walls. I had a, uh, I had a. Now I forget what is it. Um, Oh, well, we'll pass that. I had these mice that I could hear in the walls, and so I was I was pulling, I was injecting poison inside the walls, et cetera, <laughs> and, you know, in my 12-year-old, whatever whatever I could do as a 12-year-old, and it wasn't causing any results. Right. And it turned out that the mice scratching that I could hear was mice on the exterior of the home climbing up the masonry, that red brick. Just playing around. And going all the way up into the eaves where they would get into the house that way. Oh, boy. And I could tell it was a struggle for them because I'd hear them scratch, 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 and they'd get up a certain ways, and then there'd be a pause while they fell, and then they'd, <laughs> they'd try again. So it wasn't just free, free rolling. So be aware that uh, you know mice can get in uh, on the exterior. They can actually climb brick. And, of course, if you've got brick that is covered with ivy, or if you've got, uh, you know, any sort of a home that has trees on the exterior, of course, that is a ready pathway onto the roof. And then mm. and then they get in however they get in that way. So, holes so for... So is that once they're on the roof, is it pretty easy for them to get in no matter what? Uh, they'll, find, they'll find ways. I did see one home where I saw this baby mouse that was underneath a turtle vent. Mm. because apparently mom and dad got in through the turtle vent, but the baby mouse wasn't a good enough jumper, so it just kind oh, of stayed there and, I see. and starved and baked and died. Oh, yikes. Yeah. They left baby behind. So that wasn't a good ending for that particular mouse. 
Uh, and again, you got the holes and interfaces with with brick that you have with uh, siding and stucco, etc. You've got holes for wasps. You got to be paying attention to. Again, you've got the AC entry. Um, it is difficult to do in any sort of a material, but especially so with brick, uh, to actually drill a hole through the brick so that you can get the coolant lines in uh, to the house that need to go to the furnace. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be sealed up. Electrical, hose bibs, dryer vents, uh, your foundation interface with brick is actually better because you don't usually have the gap between the foundation and brick that you do if you have siding or stucco or those sorts of things. Okay. Mm. Uh, surface spalling. Uh, and this mostly applies to your chimneys, but quite often what happens is you're going to get, especially in states where you've got um, a lot of snow that happens in the winter. You know, if you're right. in San Diego, you don't need to worry about this. Tampa, you're good. Uh, northern Minnesota, you'll want to listen to this. <laughs> so you'll have water that lands on the uh, surface of your chimney, and it actually, rather than drain off, sometimes, depending on your cap, it can go down into your masonry. And then what it's going to do is you're going to have a, uh, a wet brick, wet masonry. Oh. And then the freeze-thaw cycle happens. It's daytime, it's nighttime, it's daytime. And it's actually going to freeze inside that brick, and you're going to have the um, the freeze-thaw cycle actually spall off the outer surface of the brick. I see. So you got to be paying attention to that, too. Uh, so that's the, called spalling. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I quite often see, especially in the older homes, is that you'll have your chimney that is usually often made of brick. And... Um, the mortar goes and now you've got you just got loose marbles stacked on top of each other mm. and you've got each of these bricks that are just waiting to fall off in a windstorm <laughs> or a or an earthquake and the scenario that i would paint is that you have um you know the earthquake little johnny runs out of the house because he thinks it's safer outside and the brick is at the same moment the brick is falling off the chimney. It's rolling down the roof, and it smacks little Johnny on the head as he's running out of the house. Right. Uh, one of the reasons why you don't generally want to run out of the house, you know, if if you got an earthquake, because you might have flying bricks yeah, coming that's at right. you. Bricks with wings. <laughs> Be aware that masonry is a sponge, much like stucco. You know, if it gets routinely soaked by maybe a sprinkler system or if you've got uh, water running down the side of the house and it's routinely soaking that brick, that brick is going to transfer that water into your walls. You're going to have rotten walls, rotten old termites. Did What were the, what were the positives of brick other than that the, the brick interface with this foundation was good i mean i've always heard brick is great you hear it's not the straw house it's not the wood house it's the brick house well the, the so first one that comes to mind is, is negative wolf doesn't <laughs> blow it over That's right. no uh, brick does have a lot of uh, positive features to it i mean brick is going to last forever um you know the home that i grew up in was built in 1958 and it's still got that same brick looking just as good as it did back in 1958 so you're not anti-brick. You're just warning us. No. Yeah. It's it'll, it's one of those things where it's a choose your poison. You know, they all exteriors have their own strengths and weaknesses. Actually, as uh, options go, brick might be, if money is not an object, 
as you know, maybe the best one overall uh, compared to the other options, you know, uh, rock siding stucco. The reason for that is because brick is so durable. It's just going to last forever. What about in an earthquake? You know, do you, are you a lot more likely to lose the brick? Is it a lot more likely to crumble and fly out? Yes. And I should also, uh, you know, elaborate on that subject a little more. Some of your older homes, you know, the ones that are built in 1910, for example, mm-hmm. they don't have a frame structure to them. They just have two uh, widths of brick. And those things, again, you know, over time, especially in an earthquake, uh, that is your wall. That's not just yeah. a covering for your wall. Yeah, that's not an exterior. That's your structure. And so if you've got uh, that sort of thing, your your mortar may be in rugged shape. It may be soft. It may be crumbled. It may not be there at all. And then you're just sitting in a house of cards or, you know, as the case mm-hmm. may be, a house of marbles that are stacked on top of each other just waiting to fall down on you. So brick is awesome, but maybe not in an earthquake. (laughs) That's right. So if you've got a home built in 1900s, you might want to take a look at that, uh, especially if you're in earthquake territory. If it was a brick home built in, I'm going to say, 1960, 1980, uh, and the brick is your exterior and you've actually got a frame wall there, uh, you're probably as good as anybody for earthquakes and durability. Mm. So, again... uh, Soil contact with brick, because brick is a sponge, you don't want to have soil contact with brick just because it's going to soak up that moisture from the soil Mm. and move that into the house, rot mold termites. Okay, Heidi, so uh, let's make you masterous. At last, I get a mansion. She gets a mansion. Not just mice and wasps. And uh, what are we going with? Brick, rocks, siding, stucco, or some combination of the above? Yeah, Actually, let's, let's, pl- do a let's combination. place your mansion. Uh, let's do a combination. Okay, we're doing a combination, and yeah. uh, let's decide where this mansion is. Uh, are we going like Montana, or should we, do, <laughs> should we build yet another home in Bora Bora? Oh, let's not go Montana. I'm just not ready to go for the coldness yet. No? Okay. No. How about Florida? Florida sounds good. All right. As long as we're not in alligator swamp. Yeah. Maybe put me right there on the, what is that? What is that glorious waterfront property in Florida? Uh, I think it's that? called the whole state of Florida. Is it the whole state? Yeah. Waterfront. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the southern half of Florida front. is. Yeah. Just, just minus the alligators. <laughs> See, and now we've just pissed off everybody in Florida <laughs> and everybody in Montana. I want to be on the water's edge. If you're in one of the other 48 states, we'll get to you soon enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, So you've got a water's edge home. Lots of windows, tightly sealed. Lots of windows. Are we going a full glass house here? Lots of sunshine. Ooh, that would be nice. Ah, got to have a little privacy. Got to have a little. Yeah, I got to have a little privacy. Okay. At least the front half can be glass and then the back half can be private, you know. Okay. I'll wander out into the glass area when I'm feeling like it, and then when I want to retreat, I can. Yeah, see, people in glass houses aren't supposed to throw <laughs> stones, and you just <laughs> threw a whole bunch of stones at everybody in Florida and Montana. <laughs> threw stones? Ooh, boy, <laughs> but I'm But that's so okay. You've, uh, you've got a number of other mansions to live in after the... Oh, I do. I'm just going to have some good food in Florida. And... Okay, so... Um, what what does what does this one look like? Is this did you say this is a brick home or are we going with siding or stucco or what do we got going? Yeah, I'm kinda of picturing I'm kinda of picturing stucco really. Yeah. When I think about it. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit of rock trim. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Now, I understand in Florida they go with uh, little pink houses for you and me. You they kind of do. Some of the colors down there. Flamingo just pink is kind of popular down yes, there. I'd have to tone it down a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, I'm thinking maybe more of a really soft, mellow, creamy yellow color. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That is your mansion, and yeah. you, Heidi, are the master of it. You, the listener, are also master <laughs> of your mansion as relates to... <laughs> Whatever you listen to, if that's uh, just this particular segment, then then you're the master of your brick home. Mm, I hope you've got yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And that applies whether you've got the mas- or the uh, mansion in Florida or whether your uh, your mansion just happens to be a uh, tent in the desert. Yeah. An igloo in the jungle. Right. Okay, more information at MasterYourMansion.com. And finally, and as always, be yourself. Everybody else? Did you say an igloo in the desert? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I was a little slow on that one. <laughs> May igloo your igloo not melt. Be yourself, everybody else. Nobody else gets to have an igloo in the desert. 